Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, last night at Buffalo. I won't go better than okay. Matt Murray played okay in goal, but he had a real good second period. The Penguins won. That's the main thing. 4-2 at Buffalo. That is what matters most. But Philadelphia won again. That's eight in a row for those crazy bastards. Mika Zibanejad scored five goals for the Rangers. They beat Washington in overtime. It is going to get crazy down the stretch in the NHL. And tomorrow at home against Washington should not disappoint. It will be crazy. But we don't know who's starting goal yet against the Capitals. I hope it's Tristan Jari. But I'm tired of beating that drum. I'm tired of talking about Jari's puck handling against the Capitals' forecheck and how much benefit that could be to the Penguins. I'm tired of it. Mike Sullivan has two cups. He knows best until he proves he doesn't. That said, I kind of think it will be Jari tomorrow. Here's the standings atop the Metro. Washington and Philadelphia each with 87 points. Pittsburgh with 84. And how about the Rangers are just two points out of a playoff spot? Like I said, crazy. The Flyers are going to win again tomorrow. They host Buffalo. But the Flyers will not win the division. They might not even make the playoffs. And if the Penguins play Philadelphia in the first round, the Penguins will scrape the Flyers off their shoes like excrement. Just like two years ago. Write it down. You heard it here. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it. You love it. You want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at Mark X. Uh, the Penguins host the Caps tomorrow. The Capitals have lost two straight and three out of four and 10 out of 15 and have conceded 11 goals in their last two games. The Penguins have a goaltending debate. The Capitals may have a goaltending problem. Uh, Matt Murray played okay last night, maybe a bit better. The Sabres outshot the Penguins 10-3 in the second period, and Murray did sparkle in the middle period. Nick Bukestad finally played, first time since mid-November, and the first thing he did was run the goalie. I liked it, especially when Hornquist scored and the refs counted it. I might not have. Sid scored on the best backhand ever to seal the deal, and that's that. Two points, but the Penguins still need to play better. What's your take on tomorrow's game against Washington? I feel like the Caps are both slumping and vulnerable, and I also bet they're pissed off. I bet the Caps goon it up right off the bat, and I bet 
uh, Tom Wilson takes a run at somebody. Maybe one of the Penguin stars. Samsonov got lit up by the Rangers last night. Holtby sucked against Philly on Wednesday. Let's see who's in net for the Capitol. Uh, Ovechkin got two goals last night. Problem was, Zabinijad got five. Ovi cooled off for a bit, but he has four goals in his last three games and seven goals in his last eight. Uh, an amusing tweet. Somebody said, Zabinijad had five goals, but he was zero for plus-minus. Can we finally just forget about plus-minus and admit it's the most idiotic stat ever? Yeah, we could do that. Or maybe Zabinijad could have played better defense. There's two ends to the rink, you know. Plus-minus ain't the be-all, end-all, and never has been. But it's not meaningless either. It's part of the overall evaluation. Uh, getting back to that Caps-Pens matchup tomorrow, which I am fired up about. People act like the Penguins don't have an antidote for Tom Wilson, but the Flyers did when they beat the Caps on Wednesday. Wilson threw a cheap shot, did a slew foot, fought twice, and the Flyers didn't bite. What you got to do is just keep playing hockey. Fighting that guy doesn't stop that guy. In fact, it's given that guy exactly what he wants. Just play hockey. If Wilson hits and hurts somebody, how do you prevent that? Tell me how you stop that. Just play hockey. It's funny. Some people say the Penguins are too soft. But then they want Juso Ricola to replace Jack Johnson. Uh, Johnson's one of the few Penguins defensemen who plays aggressively near the blue paint. And people who say the Penguins are too soft want the soft fin to replace Jack Johnson because everything has to be blamed on Jack Johnson. More on that a bit later. But it's not about soft. It's not about tough. you got to be good, and especially tomorrow. Zach Aston reskated today on his own. By the way, I thought Bukestad did all right last night. Uh, Rodriguez is doing okay, too. Not great, but okay. Bukestad and Rodriguez and ZAR, when he gets back, they're legitimate NHL players. The Penguins, for way too long, way too many games, were playing with the fourth line of guys who aren't legitimate NHL players, the Wilkes guys, and that was starting to catch up. Carolina's in town uh, Sunday. The last goalie to win a game for Carolina is the Zamboni goalie. They're 0-4 since then. The Penguins need to put them out of their misery here and right quick, too. Uh, their goalies are still hurt. They're using minor leaguers. The Zamboni goalie at least won. Goes back to what I said about the Penguins' fourth line for all those games. If you're not good enough to play in the league, it can't be hid forever. In goal, it can't be hid for very long at all. But hockey, all this excitement we're talking about, small potatoes compared to Tom Brady. Talk about where Brady is going to play in 2020 is consuming the sports world. And I still haven't yet heard one good reason, not one good reason, why San Francisco would be smart to replace Garoppolo with Brady. I hear people say, oh, Brady, he's the GOAT. Yeah, but Garoppolo played better last year than Brady did. Garoppolo just did. Look at the numbers. Garoppolo is a better quarterback right now than Brady, and he's also 15 years younger, and Garoppolo just got his team to the Super Bowl while Brady was part 
of a New England Patriots team. Yeah, they won a couple years back, but this past season, they collapsed in horrific fashion. What would make anybody think that Brady at 43 could go to a new team and just seamlessly slide in? Brady has played for one team and one coach in one system since day one of his pro career. And that's a long time, too. That's why Brady's stupid to not stay in New England. Brady won't be able to adjust somewhere else. He will make the team adjust to him, and that's chaos. That'll wind up being a losing team. Teams who want Brady are indulging some weird mix of celebrity crush, fantasy culture, and collecting football cards. There's just no good reason to get Brady, and that goes for just about any friggin' team, let alone San Francisco. Call the show, 412-333-WXDX, and give me one tangible reason the Niners should get Brady. Even one tangible reason. It's about what is and not about what was. Well, the Pirates have a new scheme to get people to PNC Park. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. And O.J. Simpson, if you follow him on Twitter, then you know he's always thinking. we got Colby Armstrong talking hockey at 3.30. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Today unveiled a new plan to get more people to PNC Park, specifically more kids. Uh, it's the Kids Free Ticket Program. Parents can now bring kids ages 14 and under to any game at PNC Park in April and May for free with the purchase of a $20 adult ticket. The new Kids Free Ticket Program, it says here, is, quote, the one of many new initiatives the Pirates are set to debut for 2020 to enhance the family experience and value offerings at PNC Park, unquote. Now, I'm not exactly sure the Pirates are trying to enhance the family experience. Not exactly. I think ticket sales for the Pirates are so bad to this point that they want to sell a few extra Cokes and hot dogs anyway, so... Let's give kids free tickets. I think attendance this year at PNC Park is going to be cataclysmically bad. And don't forget, Pirates attendance has already dropped by over a million since 2015. The fans don't trust the team anymore. There's no faith. In other Bucko news, Joe Musgrove got his ass kicked all over the ballpark today at spring training. He was supposed to go four innings didn't even last one. Now, all the pirate media stooges are on Twitter saying, well, his breaking pitch wasn't doing that, his fastball was a little high, blah, blah, blah. Let me simplify it. Joe Musgrove blows goats. He's horrible. He's terrible. And it's only spring training. 412-333-9939. O.J. Simpson is walking around wearing a mask to protect himself from the coronavirus. Boy, it's a shame Nicole and Ron weren't wearing a mask. There's something about O.J. I mean, okay, he beat the system. That's why he's free. Plenty of people do that. 
His was just a more high-profile case. Lots of innocent people go to jail, too. I don't want to say it evens out, especially for the Goldman and Brown families, but numbers-wise, it probably does. But there is something aggravated about OJ. On Twitter, in the public eye, and he cut two people's heads off. He cut their heads off. That's what he did. Wow. Now, here's how sports will handle the coronavirus here in America. If an event can sell out and make money, they will just tell everyone to wash their hands. If it's a minor event that might lose money, it'll be canceled because of health concerns. Uh, let's talk Penguins. you got to like Patrick Hornquist. He goes hard and he comes through. But my number one star of the game last night might be Bukestad. Hadn't played since mid-November. Runs the goalie right away and the Penguins score. Uh, I think Murray played okay last night. He did play a great second period when the game was really on the line. A lot of people have been raving about Murray's performance last night, but I'll be honest, I think he could have stopped the Johansson goal. It was just a dead-on wrister right by him. Nothing special. It was like Brown's goal for Ottawa in the third period on Tuesday. When Murray eliminates those goals, then he's playing great. Uh, And he's still playing pretty good. I hate the nitpick after wins, though. I do. Uh, Right after the game, one of the analytics guys posted a video of this horrible mistake Jack Johnson made. And I'm like, really? You just won for the second time in a row after losing six straight? And you still got to pick at the Jack Johnson scab like a couple seconds later? Come on. The Penguins line stayed the same today at a very brief practice. I liked McCann, Bukestad, and Hornquist last night. The power play practice, it still had Schultz and Zucker on the top unit in place of Latang and Hornquist. There's legit debate there if you want to discuss. Schultz is better up top. Latang is better on entries. Zucker has better touch. Hornquist is a stronger net front presence. Hey, the power play has been very inconsistent all year. So if you want to try something different, feel free. Let's go to Jameson in North Hills. Jameson, you're on with Mark. Hey, number one, what's up, Big Sexy? What up, man? Hey, so uh, you're, are you a fan of plus minus, or do you think it's a stupid stat? It's like not a stupid stat. stat. I, I don't think it's a be-all, end-all. I think it's something you look at in terms of a player's evaluation. It doesn't. It's not the only thing, but it is one thing out of many things. Do you think Sidney Crosby's five-on-five uh, five play has dropped a little bit compared to last year? He's minus six right now. Um, and you I, were hard. I, you were pretty hard on Malkin last year for being, you know, a negative player. Well, Sidney Crosby's just a way better player than Evgeny Malkin. That's why okay. I give Crosby more benefit of the doubt. Although Malkin is what the about Penguins' Jack best Johnson player being a minus this year. eight in the last nine games. Who? Jack Johnson's a minus eight. In the yeah, last that's not nine very games. good, is it? It's not. What do you think about his Bofa? Well, that's a, a little pun where you talk about how Bofa you're whatever on my chin, but I beat you to it on your mother's chin. Anything else? Oh, your mom's dead. That's really nice. Thank you. Goodbye. That's the guy I just slapped the piss out of. It'll be like running right down his leg. Slap the piss out of him. You know a good place to do that? The Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. Next Wednesday night at Tequila Cowboys. My mother will not be there, as you just heard, she's dead. But she'll be there in spirit. And I'll be there 
to tell you all to GFY if you get frisky. That's brought to you by... I don't can't find it. The hell with it. Uh, Sid has 45 points in 38 games. He's averaging 1.2 points per game. That's 12th in the league. That's pretty good. Gino, who is the Penguins' best player so far this year, 1.33 points per game, and that ranks 6th in the league. You know, I know we have to say Jack Johnson stinks. We have to. And I know that's a good way for all you people out there, like that jerk-off, who know nothing about hockey, to pretend you do. The criticism of Jack Johnson isn't analytics. It's most of you practicing a sheep mentality. Although you're not quite that bright and... I can't shave you for wool. That would make you worth something instead of absolutely useless. Not to be critical. Uh, we got Colby Armstrong up next. I'm very serious about that. If you want to come up and do the both of stuff to my face, both of my fists will bounce off your face. I throw a better right than the left. You might want to keep your guard up with that in mind. Uh, sad news to report. A true great passed away. Henri Richard of the Montreal Canadiens, the Rockets' brother, a great player in his own right, Hall of Famer, number retired. Uh, he's part of one of my earliest hockey memories. I got the video up on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Game 7 of the 1971 Stanley Cup Final on TV. Henri Richard scores two goals, and Montreal beats Chicago 3-2 to win the Cup after trailing in that game to zip. Henri Richard won the Stanley Cup 11 times. That's a record that ain't going to be broken. Very incredible. So, Henri Richard, RIP. Go Habs, go. Colby Armstrong up next, 105.9. This just in from the Center for Disease Control. You will not catch the coronavirus if you wear a Juju Smith-Schuster jersey because he couldn't catch anything all year. Catch! Get it? Joining me now to talk hockey, the rising young media star, former NHL player, the pride of the Penguins, he is Colby Armstrong. Army, the Penguins needed the – you don't know what to say after that joke, do you? <laughs> Just giggling to myself here. That's a that's what I call a dad joke. What do you mean? Isn't that like a dad joke? You know what a dad joke is? No, because like, I sold it myself because I punctuated it by, by – <laughs> I've been doing that for years, and I'm not a dad either. I know. That's why. You got it down fat, buddy. Now, the Penguins needed the four points over the last two games, but how much better have they played in those two wins? Um, I think a little bit better. Um, I don't know. To me, they just still kind of look a little bit uh, like the timing's off a little bit. Uh, I know they played Buffalo, who plays kind of like that neutral zone trap game, which can make it you know, fairly difficult, but... Um, I'm still expecting, I know, I know they've beaten teams that they're supposed to beat, but they lost to teams they were supposed to beat out West. Uh, the wins are huge, but I'm expecting, you know, them to get back to that. They don't have like a ton of time in the offensive zone. I'm expecting to get back to that, you know, offensive zone, uh, wave after wave type of game that we've come to see this season. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, uh, I think there were flaws these last two wins. I think they allowed a lot of odd man breaks as well. Uh, last night, look, the breakaway goal for Buffalo, uh, you know, a shorthanded one, no less. Uh, but, but but wins are wins, and they need them, and they need a couple this weekend. We'll get to those games in a minute. But 
Army, you got to like Bukestad. He played his first game since November, and right away he runs the goalie and Hornquist scores. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way for the big man to get right back involved. And, uh, you know, to have him back and seeing the way the lines are shaping out and where guys are moving around to, I'm sure it'll still be a work in progress to kind of, you know, find those the things that fit and the things that work uh, for each line and uh, kind of the identity on each line. And, you know, when Zach Aston Reese is back, what does that mean as well with Simone? Uh, we all know that that Bluger line was such an identity line for the Penguins as well. So it'll be interesting to see once it all, all shapes out. But the big man missed a ton of games in Bukestad this year. And uh, for him to come back, you could see the smile on his face. I, I You know, I soft spot for guys that go through injuries like that. It's, it's real tough to come back from and mentally even harder. But uh, he played well. Uh, he was involved. And like you said, he was figured in uh, large on that goal by Hornquist, but barrel in the goaltender right over. Looked like he kind of got hurt in the process of it. Maybe took a skate to his rib cage there, but nonetheless, they held that goal held up. Hornquist got a couple goals, and boy, Army, yeah. at 33, and the way Hornquist has always played, he still goes crazy hard, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, and you know what? I said this on the on the post game show last night. For me, he's kind of a guy that gets, you know, maybe I would say. I wouldn't say taken uh, for granted a little bit, but I would definitely say like it's lost in the shuffle a bit when you look at some of these lines. And remember at the start of the year, he started on like the fourth line and he's kind of worked his way up to the, to the third line. Then he gets to play up with Gino and Sid at times here and there. He kind of just works himself into his position of where he should be. And he's kind of a guy that's always there for the pens. And he provides something that not a lot of guys, you know, provide even around the NHL, never mind the Penguins team. So. You know, two goals for him last night that was big. I know he got pointless in a few games, but uh, a situation where, you know, they needed a guy. I don't even think he saw both his goals go in. You know, he's, he's that kind of guy in and around the blue paint. But uh, you talk about a heartbeat of a team and a guy that can, you know, change a game with one shift or a few shifts in a row that can put it together to give this team a little boost. It's, it seems to always come down to Hornquist in the end. Is Sid the best player ever on the backhand? Not just the shot, but everything? Yeah, I think Leon Dreisaitl's a guy that's, you know, challenging him for that. Obviously not not as many years, um, you know, of looks at it, but he's definitely a guy that uh, on the backhand, you know, for me and probably people around Pittsburgh that cover him a ton or just NHL people in general that would say he is the best. I'd say he's the best, um, you know, of his generation for sure, of a guy that constantly uses the backhand. Uh, you know, constantly puck on the backhand and making plays and uh, coming out of corners. Uh, and then we've seen that backhand goal as well. Remember that goal in Buffalo? What was it, last year, two years ago? A couple years ago, the one-handed flick. One-handed backhand flick. I mean, that's pretty impressive in itself. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's the best at it. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see as, you know, Dreisaitl comes along with his game and what he's able to do. But, uh, yeah, Sid's got that crown. How has Matt Murray played these last two games, and is he the number one goalie now? Yeah, he played. I thought he played really well last night. I mean, that game could have been a little bit more out of control with the chances they had. Uh, um, you know, Vesey had, I think, three point-blank opportunities last night that uh, Murray was able to shut down. I thought, you know, both goalies have had their moments this year. Uh, Jari carried it for most of the year, and then both have kind of went toe-to-toe here to the point where, you need wins, and Matt Murray's gotten them the wins out of this little funk they're in. Uh, and I think, you know, with the way he played last game, the way he's getting wins right now, you got to keep riding, riding your guy. And I think that's a way it's going to sort itself out right now. We're talking to Colby Armstrong.
You can see him on AT&T Sportsnet and the NHL on NBC. Brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Army, uh, who would you start in goal tomorrow against Washington? Uh, Murray's good play, duly noted, but Jari's never faced the Caps. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. We talked about that, but like, I, I think I would just go with Murray right now. You're playing a guy who's got two wins in a row. He's played. He's made some massive saves. He's been, you know, uh, especially last game in the second period, uh, and at key moments in the game, he's made some massive saves. I know he gets. You know, you can critique him uh, on some of the goals, a goal here, a goal there that he lets in that people kind of wince at. I'm sure he does as well. But uh, at this time of the year, right now, where they're at, getting wins is is key and. Uh, for what I know in hockey, I know a lot of teams will definitely, you know, the the tendency is to just go with the guy that's getting you wins and got the hot hand. And right now, Murray's kind of pulled out of that little funk, and he's got this team going, uh, putting two points on the board, and that's the guy I think they'll play against Washington. I could uh, be wrong. Uh, what's wrong with the Caps? They've lost two in a row, three out of four, ten out of 15, and they're leaking in a lot of goals, Army, 11 goals in the past two games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. There's a, there's some teams out like even Tampa Bay hasn't been, you know, overly hot right now as well. And you know, we know what the Penguins have done, and the Caps are kind of in that same boat as well. But um, yeah, a team that's that gives up a lot of chances, and I don't think they're quite um, content right now with their goaltending either. There seems to be Holpe's game has, has struggled this year a little bit, and uh, they've kind of hoped for it to come along, and maybe it will. Maybe it will at the right time. I know the last time these two teams met, it was an awesome game uh, on that Sunday afternoon game. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was uh, high energy. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was physical. Uh, the Pens came up on the wrong end of that, but uh, you can expect this Caps team to play physical, but they're bleeding a little bit too many goals right now, even even more so for you know their, their offense to, to make up. Um, and something that they're definitely – it's weird looking at the standings, seeing – you know, some of these higher echelon teams in the league that everyone kind of has down as contenders, you know, struggling a little bit down the stretch. When the Caps play bad, they goon it up. How much of that do you expect <laughs> to see tomorrow? And how can the Penguins best handle Tom Wilson? Yeah, well, you see uh, the Flyers played them, beat them. Uh, Wilson found two guys to fight. Uh, they like to get it physical. They like to play it down below the dots in the offensive, the offensive zone. They like that forecheck. They like that big body game, so... Um, I think if we could see the pens get back to that, uh, you know, uh, transition speed through the neutral zone where it looks like, you know, everything's just kind of in place, you know, like you see a rugby team run up the field, it's pitch, pitch, pitch outside, just in perfect unison and with speed. Uh, that's kind of what I've come to, you know, get accustomed with the, the Penguins game. Uh, and if they can get back in, in that nice rhythm, they can be uh, a lot for other teams to handle, especially the caps and that, you know, four check, they can really abuse them with their breakouts, quick transition and up the ice on them and make it really difficult on them. That, that, that's, that's the key for the pens for me. And, you know, that zone time that they can come at you in waves uh, with their neutral zone tra- transition, they'll be really tough for, you know, the caps to handle that if they're rolling like they should. How about Zabinajad with five goals for New York last night to beat Washington? What's the most goals you ever scored at a game at any level? <laughs> oh man, I don't even know. You had no, to get like uh, four I, or five at, in Pee Wee at some point, right? Yeah, like I had six goals one game in in a in a big tournament game when I was a kid, which was really cool. Um, but that was like yeah, like Bantam or something like that. So never anything close to that NHL level. I don't even know if I had a four point game in the NHL. Not even in the playing with the likes of Sidney Crosby. But 
uh, for a guy to go off for five goals is un- unbelievable. Well, especially he's, he's, Army. I think he's a good player. But yeah, I don't think of him as a guy is. that can get five goals in a game. But now he has 38 goals on the season, too. And I think he's a big reason the Rangers are kind of coming out of nowhere to contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, he's a big reason. Um, Panarin's a big reason. He's had a massive year. There's talk of him winning the Hart Trophy if they can get in there. Um, you know, their goaltending situation, obviously, uh, Lundqvist isn't playing a lot, but they've got this kid, Shesterkin, who was in a car accident a little while ago, hurt his ribs. Uh, you know, a couple of guys were injured in a car accident, and, you know, he's been a young kid that's been, I mean, all-star numbers. He's been unbelievable for them and kind of their future of goaltending there for the Rangers. He's been, a, you know, a big help in his, you know, 10, 12 starts that he's had. So uh, the run that they've been on right now is is pretty crazy, and I think you look at that, <laughs> just another reason why you look at the Metro, and Islanders are sliding a little bit, but you look at the Metro and you see what the Flyers are doing, the Caps, the Penguins, you know, the Rangers are storming for a playoff spot right now. Uh, it makes it pretty interesting and a strong, uh, a strong division. And you know, a lot of those games for the Penguins coming down this stretch right now. I think fourteen of their next sixteen games or something are uh, divisional matchups, so they're huge. Are the Flyers for real? And please say no. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Yeah, I think they are. I think they're a really good team. I think they they play a really tight, structured team game. Uh, they've got guys that have, have the ability to score right now. I think their young decor is a little bit older, another year wiser from last year. And they've taken a massive step this year, but they play a really tight, structured system, which makes them really tough to play against. Uh, and they have the ability and a little bit more experience to hurt you now. And, uh, you know, Carter Hart's game doesn't hurt also with the way he's been able to shut the door for them and, uh, and play really well for them. So, yeah, the Flyers, I'll tell you what, the Flyers are for real right now. Army, as always, thanks. Go out and get the whole family those Juju jerseys to protect them from the coronavirus. <laughs> Are they supposed to put them on their face or just put them on? No, just put them on. That's what I'm told. Just put them on. Okay. Army, great stuff. We'll see you at the rink. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good. That's Colby Armstrong. If you think this is funny, you should hear us when we talk in the press box during the game. Not a lot of that could get on air, but it is hilarious. 412-333-9939. We got Tim Benz joining me at 415. Going to talk about the Tom Brady sitch. And... uh, at 5.15, we got a guy named August Young. He's the singer for uh, Mr. Jimmy's Led Zeppelin Revival. Now, we're not having Mr. Jimmy on because he's Japanese and his English ain't great, but he does the best Jimmy Page impersonation, both in terms of look, dress, and especially guitar, I've ever seen in any Led Zeppelin tribute band, and those guys are at the Hard Rock in Station Square tonight. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. I said on Twitter, I think plus minus is a legit stat, like I've been saying on the show. And somebody responded by saying, I hope you have a heart attack. Because I think plus minus has some value. The guy hopes I have a heart attack. Twitter is America's intestine. And I already had one heart attack without you, without you want me to, bub. White Claw has three new flavors coming up. Lemon, watermelon, and tangerine. Lemon sounds tantalizing, I must say. Now, it will be... Lemon lime like seven up or will it be lemon eighty? That's a question I need answered. A coast to coast brought to you by CW Electrical Services and by the Ford King, Schultz Ford. Uh, there's a big article at ESPN.com about a female assistant coach in the NBA. 
and how the NBA needs for more female assistants. I got a question. Why exactly does the NBA need more female assistants? To what end does that serve anything? Why not just, you know, the best assistants, male, female, whatever? Heck, I'll go one step further, though. What women play in the NBA? Let them play. Why not? Gender equity and all that. They might eat the Spalding sandwich, unlike every single shot they take, but let them play. Let them play hockey, too, NHL. Believe me, in the next hundred years, leagues like the NHL and NBA will be co-ed. And the fat kid from Jackson State will play, too, because we have to include everybody, whether they're good enough to play or not. Uh, We are phasing being competitive out of sports. We are. And fair doesn't matter. Look at transgender athletes playing women's sports. I sincerely believe anybody should live as they choose. I support the LGBTQ movement in all facets, except this one. Because if you're born a man biologically, it's not fair to let you compete against women. That could be the ruination of women's sports. And, you know, Megan Rapinoe, you know, is very supportive of agendas like this, and I don't disagree with her support. But how's she going to feel if her spot on the U.S. women's team gets taken by somebody who was biologically born a man? Of course, when that happens, I don't care how inclusive we are in America, FIFA will say no go, no way. They just see football as a competitive thing. But here in America, we are taking competitiveness out of sports, little by little, piece by piece. Again, I support the LGBTQ movement, and I've done so, boy, dating back as far as I can remember, but transgender athletes should not play women's sports, period. Uh, Journey fired their drummer and bass player because they tried to take over the company that owns the band. The guitar player and keyboard guy of Ultimate Power, Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane, so they fired the drummer and bass player, Smith and Valerie. But now Steve Perry, the original singer, who is not in Journey, is siding with the guys who got fired because Journey went on without Perry. You know what I smell, don't you? You know how a, a, a child of divorce gets two Christmases? Two journeys, baby. Two journeys, Perry and the two fire guys, and Sean and Kane with that great Filipino singer. Rock and roll is a lot of fun. It's a lot of stupid, too. 412-333-9939. In 30 seconds, I will salute a very important penguin that does not get enough credit. That's 30 seconds away here on the X.